Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show, sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. at the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass the racing the big one the camping it's all just bigger at talladega and with a double header on saturday and the premiere of the next-gen cars on Sunday. It's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. NASCAR's biggest and baddest track is back. The Talladega NASCAR Weekend, April 23rd through the 24th. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. And trust me when I say, and they say, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's Talladega Super Speedway Weekend coming up. The 23rd, 24th. That's going to be an awesome weekend. And tonight on the Rowdy Maglite Show, Kyle Magnum joining me. How's it going, Kyle? Hey, Rowdy. A lot of rain here. Um, Don't know how the the weather forecast looks for this weekend yet, but I'm hoping Mother Nature can cooperate and we can get some racing in here in Pennsylvania. Well, Kyle, we've had a break. We had two days of... Uh, pretty much steady storms and dodging tornadoes, and we got a break today and hopefully tomorrow, and then it goes back into we're getting some cold weather. But hopefully that's going to lead up into a beautiful weekend for Talladega Super Speedway. We're three races away, Kyle. We, we move on this weekend to Martinsville. we got the truck race uh, pretty much coming on after the show, Kyle. Uh, the way we're going to roll tonight, guys, we got Eric Cordell calling in from all the way from Oklahoma City. He's racing in the uh, Talladega at the General Tire 200 coming up the 23rd on the doubleheader Xfinity and Arca Menard Series race. And also, uh, thanks to Kyle, we got Briggs Danner calling in, winning at Bridgeport this past weekend and getting ready for Port Royal. And hopefully Kyle's going to make it to Port Royal this weekend. He's done been cleared to land. Well, Rowdy, this rain has to stop first before we can think about any kind of racing. But, uh, Rowdy, I guess the cat's out of the bag. Um, somebody's showing up to Port Royal to run the, the Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model on Sunday. And uh, as long as he doesn't get rained out of Martinsville Saturday night, it will be Kyle Larson there. Wow. 10000 to walk away with, too, isn't it, Kyle? Big 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 money races this weekend for the Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series. Uh, Hagerstown Speedway in Maryland, Saturday night, 15000 to win. And then uh, 10000 to win at Port Royal on Sunday. So uh, they have they have a busy weekend. I know Port Royal has a busy weekend coming up. They have their Open Wheel Madness show on Saturday with the uh, United Racing Club Sprints, their 410 Sprints, and uh, a lot going on. So um, I think I missed a division there. Apologize for that. But uh, three divisions running on Saturday at Port Royal and then the uh, $10,000 to win show with Kyle Larson, hopefully, on uh, on Sunday. So uh, and Kyle's won in the Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model there before, so no surprise there. I know he likes Port Royal and um, just found out a few days ago he's going to be running there. So hopefully we'll, uh, I'll get to Port Sunday. Um, another, other news, 
uh, Mahoning Valley Speedway, uh, their opening day, they have a rain date um, for, of Sunday, uh, the 10th. So um, if they can't get in going on, on Saturday, they have Sunday to, to back up on 2 o'clock start if that does happen. So uh, a lot of racing going on, just need this, this weather to stop. You know, flooding rains today not helping, and uh, hopefully we can. Uh, hopefully the weather can improve for the next few days. I know Martinsville had a little bit of weather today. That's out of the area now, and they're about to go truck racing here soon. I'm telling you, uh, one of our uh, drivers' first time race, uh, Caden Honeycutt's going to start tonight. Uh, congratulations to Caden. Uh, also got uh, there's a couple of, of young drivers there. Kyle. I think one that kind of stood out to me was uh, Dylan Stoyer in the number 20 for Young's Motorsports uh, on the dirt modified scene in the Northeast, uh, running Orange County a lot, and now he's here. He's going to be running the truck race tonight. So definitely a steep learning curve for him, you know, having no practice or qualifying today. Uh, unfortunately, Mother Nature uh, dampened those plans. But uh, still, um, you do have Caden Honeycutt tonight, Dylan Stoyer in the race. Uh, just a lot of young guys in there. Uh, Zane Smith's on the pole for tonight. You know, they lined up by the metrics, the performance metric system that NASCAR uses. And, uh, you know, I know he has a tough customer starting next to him in Kyle Busch. That's probably going to be challenging tonight. Uh, Stuart Friesen's going to be starting third. So, uh, yeah, truck series, you know, it's unfortunate they couldn't get the race in. Three guys or three drivers had missed the race. Blaine Perkins and the Cordy Robot truck, Justin Carroll and his own equipment, and Jake Garcia, unfortunately, did not make the race with Bill McAnally Racing. Oh, Going to wow. have to wait another week. So, uh, yeah, uh, Johnny Sauter's back this week uh, for Thor Sport. Uh, he's back in the 13 truck. Uh, he'll start dead last on the field. Uh, Blake Lothian uh, for uh, Rayum Brothers Racing. I think that was another one that kind of got my attention. Um, another up-and-comer trying to, uh, you know, make the most of that number 43 ride. You know, Brad Perez got a top 20 at Coda in the last race, so anything's really possible. You know, uh, Martinsville is a very good equalizer. You know, I think it was uh, Corey Roper a few years ago, kind of where he got discovered. Um, I never heard of him, you know, until he qualified top 15 and finished in the top 15 in his own equipment. So uh, Martinsville can produce some surprises. Um, I, I think it'll be a good race tonight. Um, you know, Martinsville under the lights has been pretty good. They're all night races, by the way, uh, this weekend in Martinsville. So uh, another another thing I want to bring up, while well, we, we still got, you know, some time before our guests. Uh, I know this is a big topic, at least in the NASCAR world. Dale Earnhardt Jr., coming back to NASCAR this weekend to race in the Xfinity Series in Martinsville. Uh, I know that's been a big story um, with him coming back, you know, putting in that one start. So uh, there's a lot of a lot of storylines, you know, um, a, a full-blown night race in Martinsville. I mean, I think it's only happened what, one other time. Around, yeah, because last year, yeah. yeah, because of the weather last year, that's why Rowdy, I was thinking. No, the weather last year uh, threw that in, but we'll, hopefully we'll have a true night race in Martinsville. Uh, I think Martin Truex Jr. won the first ever night race there back in 2020 when they rescheduled it, and uh, it's going to be another night race. So uh, nice at Martinsville lights and Rowdy. It's uh, Martinsville's 75th anniversary, uh, you know, from the original Cup schedule. So a lot of Martinsville this weekend. I know they're they're you know they're they're kicking off big time, and uh, what other way to do it than with the Truck Series tonight? Well, I'm telling you, Kyle, uh, I hate Garcia. Uh, Jake Garcia didn't make it, but. Uh... You know, uh, he's in a pretty good ride. Uh, Bill McAnally brings some good equipment to the track, but, you know, hey, 
conditions like they are, at least we are going to get to race tonight, Kyle. That's that's the most important part. Yeah, that's that is going to be the most important part, and uh, you know, with the races going on, and uh, you know, so um, yeah, a lot of racing going on. You know, Mother Nature's going to clear out here. Get the truck race in tonight, you know, Xfinity tomorrow night, and then the Cup Series on Saturday night. So um, all night races, you know, in Virginia. You know, we stay in Virginia after being at Richmond. And it uh, looks like these uh, these teams and drivers will be ready to, to tackle the paper clips. So never been to Martinsville, actually. Never had a hot dog or anything. So I can't can't speak on that experience, unfortunately. But um, I know Martinsville, uh, one of the premier short tracks out in the NASCAR world. Uh yeah. Martinsville hot dog at Daytona. They brought them down and served them in the media center. And I have not been to Martinsville to the paperclip yet, but that's on the that is on the list. But uh, while we're waiting on Eric, I've known Eric for probably Kyle about five years now, maybe just a little longer when he first come into Arkham Menards. And uh, Eric kind of a few things about Eric. I think Eric got in right as this uh, composite Nailmore engine just started and uh i've seen eric evolve from the steel body into running those legacies to now he's uh in the elmores and in the composite body and i think he's even got a i know he's been a an owner and a driver and had a driver in the car while he was calling the shots also so we'll wait on him and let him explain some of what's going on in the arc menard series and what he's got going on and get us ready for the uh General Tire 200, Kyle. Rowdy, we lined up two really good guests tonight, and um, I'm, I'm glad, you know, we have two very good guests coming on tonight uh, from the ARCA series and also from the Northeast. So, yeah, Eric's been around for a while, so, you know, he has that experience to lean on. And uh, just good to have, you know, this swing of things for us uh, to have two guests on tonight. Uh, it's really good. And uh, just glad, uh, you know, uh, everything's been going good. You know, I know we were talking uh, before the show about some things, and, you know, we've been doing a really good job, you know, um, with downloads and listens and everything. So um, good information to know. Um, just a lot of a lot of good things going on at Rowdy Maglite Racing Media. Make sure you, you follow us on TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, you name it, YouTube. Uh, and Kyle. Go the site, RowdyMaglite.com. Yes, Rowdy. Right. You know, we got uh... – we're giving tickets Monday night. We're giving a pair of tickets away for the uh, Saturday doubleheader for the Arkham Menards and the Xfinity. And we're also going to give a, a set away for the uh, race on Sunday, the cup race. So we're going to have two pair of tickets give away Monday. So get out your trivia books because we're going to throw out the trivia. We may, we may throw out some leaders on Sunday to lead into Monday night show, but We'll have the number, and we'll give out the information and leave it up to you whether you win. Rowdy, I, I will say I don't think you want my trivia questions. I think they'd be too hard. <laughs> I know, Kyle. I, but we're going to have a little input. You're going to have to make sure they're not too easy for me, and I'll make sure they're not too hard on you, Kyle. Well, Rowdy, we were talking the other night uh, about uh, the 1988 Talladega Arca race, and I think I, I asked you who won it, and uh, it actually happened to be Red Farmer in a Davey Allison car. So I, I don't know how many people would get that. You know, he's 90 years young, and he's, he's still still racing, right, Rowdy? 
And he was uh, out there uh, last week, a couple weeks ago. Let's bring on our first guest here, Kyle, and I'd like to welcome back to the Rowdy Maglite Show, Eric Cordell. Welcome, Eric. Hey, Rowdy. Uh, Eric, uh, I was telling Kyle, I've known you for quite a while now, and, and uh, actually, I've got to see you evolve out of the old composite le- uh, legacy engines now into the to the Elmore and the composite body. Eric, kind of walk us through that evolvement. Yeah. I mean, you, you've kind of been there, and, and tell us how it's worked now that you've worked on the steel bodies, Eric, and, and now that you've worked on the composite. Well, let's see. I'm not sure where to start, but, you know, a lot of what allows somebody to move up through those levels is, you know, is the financial aspect of it. And so I had to run the steel body stuff early on because, you know, even when they introduced the composites, we couldn't, you know, couldn't couldn't afford to build a new car and hang a new body and everything. Um, I knew the composite bodies were coming. I knew the Ilmore was coming. I knew that those would be great equalizers, and that was one of the reasons I got into the Arca series. And so... Uh, I started out with the steel. It was what I could afford. We worked our way through through learning the steel. I figured out really fast that, you know, the composite cars have so much more downforce than a steel body car that, uh, that you know, it's just, it, it's a different animal. So um, that was that was one big thing about it. Uh, Engine-wise, you know, we, we started out with the legacies. We uh, worked our way up. I mean, we still, we still have those good legacy motors. They're kind of getting where they're a little more competitive now. You know, we got a couple hundred RPM back. We got a little tiny bit of tapered spacer back the other day uh, when they when they equalized the, the Elmore with the Yates motor. That kind of they didn't do anything to Legacy, so that got us a little bit closer. So you know, feeling better about running those Legacy engines, especially on the short tracks right now. So, uh, but you know, a lot of that stuff is you know the Elmore is is I, I won't say idiot proof, but you know, if you're not used to tuning carburetors and you're not used to changing jets, you know, you can you can get yourself in trouble with those legacy motors. And, and a lot of people, you know, getting into racing now, they don't necessarily have the skills. They haven't messed with those carburetors that much. And, you know, it'll it'll bite you in a heartbeat. You know, we burn a, burn a piston at uh, Daytona when we were testing with our legacy motor. And, you know, that's the kind of thing that doesn't happen with the Elmore. The Elmore is safe on the programming and it protects you. And it's just, you know, it, it's it's worry-free except for the expense of it. So um, I guess, you know, I'm kind of jumping around some, but, you know, back, back on the composite thing, um, when we had those steel body cars trying to get through templates, you know, we had that Dodge, and we would go, and we'd almost get through templates, and they'd be like, fix this for next time. And so we're at the shop, we're doing body work, we're doing paint. Then, you know, the next week, you're doing body work and paint again, and you're, you're just always tweaking on it, and you end up, you know, if you you know, we're set up to do all that, but you're a little weather dependent, you know, with, with, with temperature and everything when you don't have a, you know, a, a heated paint booth inside a shop and everything. And so the labor on the composite side has turned out to be a lot less. Um, you know, you, you buy the panels, you can bolt them on. It's, uh, you know, they flex and they move around some. So you still, you know, you still got to work your way through templates, but, you know, you can, you can hang your bodies yourself. And, that Daytona car, that Talladega car that I run, that, uh, you know, we, we took that car up to Wisconsin, up to Rick Tackman's shop, and we, we hung that body ourselves and, uh, you know, got a, got a page of notes without any templates of things to fix when we went to the test. 
and then you know we were able to adjust it all with with all your different window braces and your rod ends and you know we, we don't just because we need to adjust we don't necessarily just build steel bracketry that's going to hold your windshield up and hold your you know your rear quarters to a certain place so what i did was you know made all that stuff adjustable it costs a little more money to buy those rod ends and those aluminum tubes but you know it allows you to tweak those things in when when you can't you know, afford to, to take it to a template shop in, in North Carolina or Florida. So that's, uh, I don't know, what, what questions come from that, Rowdy? That's kind of uh, <laughs> Man, a, a, I, my quick well, first you know, thoughts about it. You know, Eric, you know, when that car was mandatory, you remember down in Daytona, those push rods, they was like one team that really had the knowledge of all those push rods, and everybody else was grasping. But now, now I mean, I'm like, what's a push rod? I didn't actually know what it was, but once I seen how it made the template fit, it's pretty much a necessity for everybody. But Eric, you know, wasn't your Dodge, your old Dodge car, the last of the old Dodge left, and wasn't that at Kansas? You raced that old the old Dodge body last. It was. Uh, we well, no, no, that's not the last place I raced it, but that was the last time that a Dodge finished in the top 10 in a, you know, I'll call it a NASCAR event because, you know, that was, you know, NASCAR, NASCAR at Arca at that point. But, uh, you know, or that was, yeah, that was the last time that like a, a steel, good old steel body, you know, charger car that, uh, that had, had run top 10 in, uh, in, you know, one of those lead lap finishes. So I knew, I knew that uh, somebody kind of pointed out that fact to me. So I thought that was kind of cool, but I did run it again we could run it on the dirt the next year and uh i ran it on the dirt and we we were like eighth fastest in practice jeremy petty is just phenomenal at setting up dirt cars i mean he's good at all of it but but he's really really exceptional at setting up those dirt cars and so uh you know we were like eighth fastest in practice there at springfield and uh they watered the track and i got you know I got half a car width high right on the start, and uh, and I wrecked that Dodge, and and that was the end of it. I wrecked her hard in the concrete. You know there weren't soft walls there, so that was that was the end of my steel body cars at that point, and we were uh, we were already doing composites by then anyway. Uh, Eric, I got to go down and uh, see uh, Alan Shepard, uh, Inspector Gidget's shop. Man, I tell mm-hmm. you, what an incredible place he's got, and what. You know what he's doing down there. What a service to the Arkham Menards series he's he's got going on down there. Yeah, yeah, I've had him uh, I've had him fix a few cars for me. We've gone down there. Um, you know, you know, I, I appreciate all his efforts. He's really knowledgeable. His place. I mean, you know, you've seen it. I've seen it. Not a lot of people have seen it, but it's like ten thousand square feet of awesomeness, man cave. I mean, Gadget's raced for decades, and he was track champion up north, and, you know, before he got involved in NASCAR and ARCA and everything, and, you know, he's just got pictures and pictures of all these beautiful cars and all these different people he raced with and, and everything. And then, you know, the place is, I don't know, it's, it's two stories high, I think, is conservative. It might be like two and a half stories tall, and, you know, there's a lumber mill right down there by him, and it's got the awesomest set of shelves and the excellent like parts inventory and all these things that he's got you know built out of all this rough cut four by four lumber i mean and and then there's all these nascar templates hanging from the ceiling and he he can do any of the 
you know, you know, he can do the the Ford, the Chevy, the Toyota, and you know, he's just geared up to do it. And uh, yeah, he's he's uh, he he fixed my nose in quarter of Kansas last year, and then uh, you know, we got a flat at Daytona this year, and I uh, I managed to scrub off like 50 miles an hour, but I still I still got the wall with it. So you know, we were right there in Florida. I took it to gadgets and you know, put a nose and tail on it, and uh, got that thing ready to go to Talladega. So yeah, his place is awesome, and and he's uh he's pretty stacked up doing lots of stuff for lots of lots of the you know the low buck racers. Hey Eric, you got Kyle here. Uh, my first question for you is uh, talk a little bit about racing on the dirt. I know you you kind of referenced it earlier, you know, with me being a dirt guy, I'm you know, and 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 the number of racetracks we have in Pennsylvania. I mean, what's it what's it like running a stock car on dirt? I mean, what's what's the experience like? I mean, those cars are a big, heavy beast, and you get out there on the dirt, and those tracks are flat. They're big, flat, one-mile tracks. So, so they're not your they're not your bank track. Like, uh, you know, I haven't been up to Pennsylvania, but I've always heard of Hagerstown and different places. And, you know, down here in the south, we got bank tracks like like Devil's Bowl, and you know, um, you know, but it's a big, you know, big flat wide tracks that are slick and you're just you know you're chasing bite all the time and you know the cars will slip and slide around and you know the the, the tail's always stepping out just a little bit and uh you know the tires the, those those general you know dirt tires which are a completely different tire than we run anywhere else they uh they're they're pretty hard one thing i like about those dirt races is, is you know i can get through those races on one one set of tires and so that's one of the, the cheaper tire bills that we have in, in the whole series. But, um, the, uh, you know, the thing I could liken it most to is, is one of those, like, like a real heavy, like factory stock car on like an eight inch tire. Like, let's call it an IMCA stock car. So let, let's say you're up at, uh, you know, someplace like, like Sturgeon Bay, uh, in Wisconsin or, um, uh, you know Luxembourg, those 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 tracks that, you know, in the summer in the summer they're they're by the time you get the feature, it's all egg on the pedal and it's all you know controlling the throttle and it's who who doesn't spin those tires that's able to uh, you know that, that that's able to just gain and you know and make their way forward. But uh, you know it, it's a, a constant it's a constant sliding around. You know if if I was going to describe it. My second question for you is, since you've been on the ARCA circuit, how has the competition been from your vantage point? Um, you know, the, I mean, the competition level is phenomenal. You know, before, before I did the ARCA stuff years ago, you know, I mean, I, I won super truck races, and I was always competitive. And, when, you know, when I showed up, you know, we'd show, we'd show up with the USST super truck, and, you know, we had a shot at winning or finishing good. And so you, you come up to this level. And I mean, one, you're you're against these guys. I mean, these crew chief guys are just so smart, so phenomenal. They're in it full time. You know, everything I did before that was always part time. It was always, you know, I'll call it hobby. You know, hobby racing. I guess is you know, you know, whatever. You know, whatever term. It's not. You know, nobody's making a living doing it. But you know, you get to these teams, and you know, there's some phenomenal minds working on these cars and figuring these things out. And you know. As as a as a small team, you know, you you got, you know, five or six or or even ten guys. You know, we like to take a lot of people to the track and everything, but you know, you're just up against these these powerhouse teams that uh, you know that are really you know professional, 
So that level of competition is awesome. What's, what's suffered some is that middle ground. And we're in this limbo right now where a lot of the guys, you know, when they switched the composite bodies, they switched the Ilmors, there was a number of teams that, you know, that, that didn't continue on at that point. So whereas when I first got started, you know, there was, you know, there was six or eight guys that were, you know, running the same speeds I was running, and we could all be racing each other in the middle of the pack and stuff, you know. Uh, you know, right now, hopefully the series is building those back up. It's going to start developing more teams along those lines so that, you know, we got, we got more people to race with. And, you know, my, my challenge, you know, I never want to run mid-pack, but I have just, you know, been in a, a, a constant but conservative build to get better and better. And, you know, you know a lot of that's equipment. You know, we, we, you know, we survived with one good transmission for a couple of years. And, you know, you know, now, you know, as of, as of this winter now, we're up to four really, you know, really good top shift trannies. And, you know, the engines were the same way. You know, you, you've got to get your engines rebuilt. Um, you know, we lease our gears. You know, we have somebody build our shocks, uh, all those things. But, you know, it's, 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 you've got to get that good foundation of equipment to get up there and compete. And, and we're just working to get better and better. And, you know, you know, shooting for originally we're shooting for top tens and, and now we, you know, we, we shoot for top fives. So my last question for you is, uh, I noticed that you did run a truck race one time. Uh, how did that go for you, uh, running at Iowa? And, uh, I mean, are you excited to see Iowa back on the schedule now that it's back on the ARCA schedule? Yeah. 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 I, I, I like Iowa. You know, I ran that one race. That was with the startup team. We, uh, you, you know, that that thing wasn't completely pre- prepared. The, uh, you know, I got a flat partway through. You know, so lost laps on the flat. Didn't, you know, didn't finish well. It was one race, and you know that team dissolved. But, uh, you know, I I love running Iowa. I like that place. It's it's a it's a neat track. It's very challenging. I um, I look forward to going. I look forward to going back, and, and that's our plan is to, you know, hit that again this year. So, Eric, uh, you're going to have a – is it Nashville? Are you going to have a two-car team, or are you just going to be have a, a driver and you, you call in the shots? So, so we've been trying to, um, you know, develop to the point where we could do a two-car team. You know, that just becomes a function of money. And, you know, we've got the stacker trailer that would support all that. We, you know, but you, you can't afford to take that for one car. You know, there's just no point. So, you know, I've, I've built this up over time. You know, I've, I've got two of everything as I've built this team so that, you know, so that we could support a two-car team. But that becomes a function of money. And, you know, we've been building up the rental program. Got a couple guys that are renting this year. You know, we added East races. We, uh, we're going to be renting out for a couple national races. And, uh, you know, these are guys that are getting started in ARCA, and we're trying to, you know, show what we can do as a, as a team that has, you know, rental, rental cars available. And, uh, you know, when, when, that, uh, when those activities gain forward momentum, then that's when you would see us having two cars at the track. And as far as me calling the shots or whatever, you know, Jeremy Petty still, he, I mean, he's the crew chief. He's the knowledge. He's, he's way advanced over me on, on, on that level of things. So, so he's still, you know, on race day, he's calling the shots. Uh, I, could, I could see, 
you know, I, I have no intention of stepping away from driving. I mean, I'm, I'm doing all this. I'm trying to build this team up so, so I can get more competitive. So, you know, so, so we can buy tires and, and, you know, we're putting a lot of sweat equity into building the program so that, uh, you know, my personal motivation is so that I can get more competitive. I want to be racing up front with those guys and I want to be, you know, trying to, to get in striking distance of winning a race again. You know, that's, that's the dream of the competitive guy. So, so that's my personal motivation, but, you know, there could easily be races that, that there's two cars there that I'm not in either one of them, but it, it's all, you know, my, my goal is to build the whole team up so that I can, you know, enjoy the racing more myself. Hey, Eric, let's talk about the people that help you go around the track, man. It takes a lot. You say you like to bring them and gather at the track, and you do. You have it look like you got a great group of guys and gals that helps you. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, we've had great success with the uh, you know with the UNOH kids. We we've had a, a number of them that have gone on to bigger and better things over time. I'm I'm really proud, you know, uh, Garrett Tho. He he was with us the last couple of years, and he uh, he you know through through all his knowledge, his abilities, and everything, and, and the UNOH program, he got a, a GM internship, and and that turned into a, to a, a job with General Motors now. And so he is, you know, moved to Michigan, and so he's not with us now. But uh, you know, I was grateful to have him for for the years we had him, and uh, you know, you know, now he's moved on to to bigger and better things, and which is phenomenal. I mean, that's that's the plan, you know. Uh, you know, Kyle Totman has been with us for years now. Him and Garrett started about the same time, and you know, he's got a, another, you know, couple uh, sessions in, you know, in uh, you know, in the UNOH program, and then he's going to keep helping us out, and then. He's brought a, a couple other people that that are helping us out, and uh, you know we're we're really hands on. We, I mean, there was a point like when we went to Iowa year before last that we figured out that oh man, these, you know, we we've got a problem with the bearings on uh, on these on these uh, two piece drive phalanges, you know, or not the bearings, but but we wanted it, you know, they built some heat. We wanted to check the bearings. We got a seasoned veteran, you know, like like. Jeremy and Jeremy's dirt crew chief is Casey, and you know you got Joe Petty who is uh, extremely knowledgeable and does a lot of spotting for us, and Gary Sevenins, and you know so you got we got these these guys with the experience, and I said you know grab one of these kids, pick a corner, you guys do that entire corner because you know we were at the track and we're like we cannot have a failure, you know you know failure's not an option, let's pull the hubs off, let's make sure all the bearings are good, make sure everything's packed. Show them how to pull the snap rings out. Show them how how much grease we put in them. Show them what we do. Show them what it takes to take the brakes on and off, and how you position the caliper and zip tie it up so you don't have it fall and bust the brake line. You know, teach teach these guys how to do it. So, so we get the UNOH kids. You know, we get them really hands on, and then we try to get them to the shop also. So that's I think is a a big part of of our success is is, is having that extra man and, and woman power. And so, uh, you know, you know, Rachel's Rachel's a girl on our team from uh, UNOH also. And so that that extra man and woman power that that we have, you know, it just allows people to focus when you know that you've got got people you can trust to do the different jobs that you need them to do. Well, it was kind of tough without them a couple of seasons, wasn't it, Eric? Well, well, so you know, the UNOH program had ceased because of COVID, but you know, we had invested in those guys, and we enjoyed having them around. And you know, you you need those people. 
So yeah. when it came down to that, I went ahead and you know I bought them all licenses, and and I don't I'm not sure if we missed the beat. I think they still came to all the races. Well, you know that's because you developed a great relationship and put them hands on, uh, Eric. They realize that, and I mean, you know what a great feeling to see those kids around you, and then later, five six years later, you see them in the Xfinity and up in the Cup. I mean, man, I. It's it's incredible. Yeah. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel good about this because you're around a group of people who want to be winners. Yeah, and my my goal for them is you know they got their whole lives ahead of them you know and my goal for them is to try to prepare them for their future and and get them get them skills um, you know skills to to survive in the in the racing environment or or whatever whatever they decide to do you know whether it's whether it's in the racing environment or whether it's some you know like 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 I think Garrett's in the the dyno system, you know, engine engine testing and development, you know, uh, department. I'll call it of, of of General Motors. I'm not exactly sure of the name, but you know, he, uh, you know, it's 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 awesome to to see somebody you've you've worked with and you know to go go start their future like that. Eric, let's talk about your sponsors. Okay, um, so. We've, uh, gosh, there's a lot of, a lot of people that have helped us out for a long time. You know, there's, there's, there's Doug Design and, you know, Doug Design does wraps on cars. They do some, you know, I'll call it light manufacturing, different things they make. They're into powder coating. They've got CNC equipment for, for, you know, doing different polycarbonates and plastics and they got lasers, you know, it's not just a, just a print shop. They, they have, um, a ton of capabilities and really deep on the software side and and you know their their hands are in so many areas you know they're they're doing you know they're doing graphics and shirts and and hats and embroidery and just all sorts of things that are that are very race, racing related so so Doug's design has been really important in our uh, really important in the quality of our wraps and you know they design the cars and and I'm really proud of how good our cars look and so um, uh, you know and, and you know you'll notice we have different paint schemes over time and I call them paint schemes still because I'm old school but uh, but you know those are just different wrap designs and we'll run one run one for quite a while and then and then kind of switch it up because the, the creative flair of, of Doug design wants to wants to change things up so so uh, yeah they've they've been really helpful and then uh, you know red tide canopies is a really good product line and if you see pictures and you look or you're at the track i mean that stuff is high quality it's hex tubing uh they, they did all the graphics and printing and you know all the ccm racing stuff and you know the things we've branded ccm racing stuff that you know a bunch of these sublimated shirts uh red tide is just really really good products and so uh you know you saw them saw them on the hood at daytona and uh, gosh, they, they just they just knock stuff out, and it's it's just really really high quality. Uh, they're they're in a bunch of different product lines too, and so that's real high quality stuff. If if and that's just geared towards racers, and and you know we're helping them them get into the oval track market, and then uh, you know Cobalt Enterprises has helped out. They're out of uh, out of Florida, and they're they're into real estate, and you know we uh, you know bring them to the track, and have had a had a good time you know working with them, and and. You know, we're working on doing the marketing for, uh, you know, a lot of the companies and chasing, you know, chasing a variety of companies to, 
to do this marketing and branding for. And, you know, one thing that we do that a lot of people don't do, or I mean, it's, it's labor-intensive, but, you know, we're, we're working, guys. We, we got we to gotta put the sweat equity into all this stuff. And so, like, uh, Consolidated Electrical Distributors, those guys, you know, we, we did a driving school for them with a, in an old super truck. You know, we'll, we'll take, uh, you know, we've got a, a track up in Missouri that, that we'll go to in uh, Bolivar, Missouri, that was closed for a real long time, and it's reopened. And, and so up there in Missouri, you've got a couple of really nice tracks. Uh, I, you know, I-44 Speedway, or, or actually, uh, you know, people know it as Lebanon. Lebanon's up there in Missouri, and, uh, you know, there was an ARCA race there uh, on, on the COVID year. There's a couple really good asphalt tracks up there. And so Bolivar's a good race and track and wide and got some good banking. And so, you know, we'll go do driving schools up there and, and do these hospitality events for, for uh, guys up there. And then that's also where we can go test, you know, test an ARCA car if we need to go test an ARCA car. So, Eric, where can they keep up with you this, on your, this season? Uh, you know, it's it's really the the CCM racing stuff on Facebook and Instagram. So that's that's heavily. I mean, that's that's the key. Um, you know, we, we've we've been dabbling with the website, kind of working on it, but um, you know, so so busy pushing everything on on Instagram right. and on Facebook that uh, you know that that uh, you know it takes us a little while to to put all that together. So. Well, Eric, man, I appreciate you spending some time with us and looking forward to seeing you uh, at Talladega at Super Speedway, my friend. Yep, yep, that is that is the plan. The car is about ready, and so it's it's been about ready for a while. It's got a, a day or two left of touches to finish up on it. Um, you know, it's uh, it is fresh and fresh and raring to go. Eric, thanks a lot, man, for being part of the show tonight. All right. Good talking to you guys. You too, Eric. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. All right. See you, Rowdy. See you, Rowdy, Kyle. The racing, the big one, the camping, it's all just bigger at Talladega. And with a doubleheader on Saturday and the premiere of the next-gen cars on Sunday, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. NASCAR's biggest and baddest track is back. The Talladega NASCAR Weekend, April 23rd through the 24th. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. Rowdy, what a great interview with Eric Caudell there. Yeah, absolutely. So, Rowdy, I'd like to to bring on our next guest tonight. Uh, this, This young man is a hot shoe on the Northeast Racing Circuit lately. He just won a Bridgeport last weekend and now he's running going to run port royal on saturday so we have uh we have briggs danner on the line welcome to the show thank you thanks for having me guys uh briggs uh kind of tell us how you got into racing um i don't really know a lot about your backstory um i've 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 been reading up on your stuff um i know you've won a lot um you know what what kind of got you into racing uh well i started racing quarter midgets when i was five i got my first quarter midget uh for my fifth birthday um, my dad ran legend cars um when he he ran quarter midgets and then got into legend cars and uh before that he got into racing from my grandfather, which he ran stock cars and late models and all kinds of stuff like Dorney Park Nazareth stuff um so that's kind of what got it started um and then I raced quarter midgets up until I was fourteen 
I believe it was, and then I got into Speedster that I run at uh, Action Track USA, Kutztown. And then uh, from there, we got into modified stuff, Northeast Modified, small block. Um, and then the sprint car stuff just started up last year and just kind of been focusing on that last year and into this year, we're full bore into the sprint car stuff. Yeah, talk a little bit about your sprint car stuff um, because you've been killing it lately. Um, I know, I know, like you mentioned, you ran at Action Track last year. Um, you go to Bridgeport, you go out there, you win, and, and now you're headed to Port Royal. I mean, uh, I mean, what's what's it been like racing at all these different racetracks? You know, in this area, you know, you've been everywhere. So, so what's it what's it like? What's the PA racing dirt scene like? Yeah, I mean, we've pretty much been all over. You know, the Northeast, um, back East Coast series. Uh, I mean, I always loved, even from the quarter midget days, uh, running tours and stuff and hitting different tracks. I feel like you learn a lot more when you get to a different surface every weekend. Um, no, I mean, I, I love every minute of it. Um, the spring car stuff started up, uh, two years ago, uh, Timmy Buckwalder was actually in the car, the car that I was driving, that I'm driving now. Uh, he got hurt and modified early on in the season and, the team kind of was just bouncing around with drivers trying to get seat filled in for the rest of the season. And I messaged them earlier uh, about getting in the car and they kind of turned me down. They said, you know, they were looking for somebody with sprint car experience, um, which I didn't have at all. So I was like, all right, that's fine. And then uh, one of the last races of the season in 2019, no, that would be 2020. Um, was at the home track where I was running my modified at the time, Bridgeport. And they were kind of keeping an eye on me, I guess. And they called me about running it, you know, giving it a shot. And we went out and won the first race. Uh, so that kind of sealed the deal for the the few races that we had left that year. There was two or three races left. And uh, we were pretty consistent since then. And then we uh, started off last year. Um you know, only having a couple of races under our belt. And uh, one season, won the first three of the four races um, of the series. And we've just kind of been on a roll since. I mean, we've been pretty consistent and, uh, you know, try to keep the car in one piece. So you mentioned Bridgeport. Now, something that kind of got me curious was, were you able to race on the old Bridgeport or have you only competed on the current Bridgeport? I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious to find out. I'm, I've only been on the new Bridgeport. Um, the last, the last race that they had there, uh, was a spec motor modified race and we were going to take our car when I was running modifieds. Um, we were going to take it, but we hesitated because it was hard on motors and stuff. We only had a spec motor. Um, so I was kind of disappointed that I didn't do it in the long run because I would like to say that I got to run the 5 8 mile. But, uh, no, I've only ever been on the new Bridgeport. So, uh, Briggs, you got Rowdy here. Uh, running, uh, you, you said you started off in quarter midgets. Can you reflect right. back on the first time, the, your first race in the quarter midgets and, and your win, your first win uh, in quarter midgets? Well, I don't, I don't really recall my first win in quarter midget, in quarter midgets, but uh, 
I do remember the first time that I ever drove a quarter midget. It was like a, it wasn't even a race. It was like a driver's experience thing uh, for kids that were just getting in. And I remember watching the video, and I, I almost stalled it. Like I was just driving, hitting the gas or anything. I was just putzing around. And uh, you know, to this day, my dad brings that up all the time. He said, you know, you you didn't even hit the gas the first time you ever raced, and uh, you know, it's just kind of funny that I think I think I was just putzing around, and I came back came into pits or something, and I told him I almost spun out, but I saved it or something like that. It was something far fetched. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that was the first time I ever drove quarter midget or anything. Uh, Briggs, you know, there's, there's yeah. a lot of NASCAR drivers that have made it up from into the Cup Series from those quarter midget drivers. Yeah, uh, yeah there is. What, what, what makes a guy want to stay in open wheel and not into, into a stock car with the wheels covered? I mean, you got, there's, there's got to be a love for the open wheel. Yeah, for sure. It was when I was growing up, you know, I'd watch all kinds of sprint car races and videos on YouTube. Uh, you know, I always loved sprint cars. Uh, for us to do it on our own at the time was kind of out of the picture because of my dad having his own business and I work for him and we do a lot of we do a lot of work uh, during the racing season. So for us to have our own sprint car stuff and and go travel to have to race. Uh, kind of didn't work, so that's how we got into the modified stuff. Um, but I mean, once I once this opportunity came up, I didn't have to. Nothing's expected of me to to maintain the car every week, um, so we're able to make it work for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, sprint cars are just there's just something different about them, winged and wingless. You know, I feel like some guys are very biased when it comes to like. If you're a wing guy, you can't like wingless and vice versa, but um, I like it all. I just see it as a different type of racing. Now, at uh, Port Royal, is that the wing division you'll be in this yeah, coming weekend? Yeah. Yeah. So you, you like it. That was one of my questions, wing or, or wingless. So you like it either way. You didn't, does it doesn't matter to you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't care. Um, we ran, obviously, we run majority wingless. Um, but we ran a, a few wing shows, uh, only at Bridgeport, which I know that track pretty well. So we did good there, but, uh, I'm excited to get to a track that I'm not very used to and, uh, see what we can transfer over to there Saturday night. Yeah. I don't know a lot about the wing, uh, Briggs. What, when you put that wing on, what does that actually help you? How, what does that do to the car? What, what does that give you the ability to do with that stock, that sprint car? Well, it just gives you a lot of downforce, um, you know, which sucks the car down to the ground. Uh, lap times are definitely faster, but uh, a lot of it is momentum. And uh, once you get into a racing situation, like dirty air becomes a big thing. If you drive up right behind somebody, um, you know, you don't have that air on your wing anymore. So it is a different type of driving style that you got to remember what you're in at the exact moment that you're driving. So, uh you know, it's a little different, but I like them both. You know, I always think every time you can get in a car, no matter what it is, you're better off. So, Briggs, being at, I'm I'm looking at this. You're a young man. I'm 66. You being young, what what's your what's your goal in all this? I'm not sure. Um, 
I never really had uh, a goal. Um, I just try to keep progressing, I guess. You know, if you asked me a couple years ago where that we would be right where we are now, running all the sprint car stuff, I would have said no way. Um, so I'm I'm happy with where we are right now. Um, maybe a national series or something comes up, and you know that's our next step. But uh, you know, I really just like to keep going as far as I can. Uh, you know, whatever opportunities I have that are available in front of me, I'll take. Man, Riggs, you don't talk about the people that help you get to the track. Yeah, for sure. Uh, first guys I gotta thank um, is Mike Hefner and John Schneider. They uh, they did a lot uh, for us and the and the team last year. Bill Gallagher originally owned the car and he passed away last year, so their ki- his kids let us uh, finish the season off um, with with everything the way it was. And then Mike Hefner bought the team. Uh, John Schneider from Me Schneider and Sons is pitching in a good amount to let us go racing this year, and we're doing a lot of racing. So uh, got to thank Mike and John, uh, John from Me Schneider and Sons. Leland's.com, Wingstop, Kruger Trailers, Frozen Farmer, and Champion Lubricants. Um, you know, without everybody that pitches in, we wouldn't be able to do what we can do now. Briggs, I, before I forget, I want to ask you one more question. Um, yeah. We were, all, we were all at the Eastern Motorsport Press Association convention watching you at the Chili Bowl. What was yeah. that experience like to make it out to Tulsa? I, I've been dying to hear what you have to say about it. It was awesome. Uh, you know, watching all the videos on, like, online, uh, it was pretty cool to be there in person and just experience it. Um, and I feel like we did pretty decent um, for not having any laps in a midget or at the Chili Bowl, like, not even in a micro or anything. Um, so I was I was pretty happy. Um, it was kind of funny. There's so many good cars there that – it's so much of it is just luck of the draw. Like we were in a D main Saturday and I was looking ahead at the C main, like in case I advanced, you know, I got an idea of what was going on. And I just remember looking at the C main and I actually thought it was easier than the D main that I was in. There's just so many good cars. It's, it's all how it plays out. Briggs, before we let you go, I just, I want to say thank you very much for coming on tonight. Um, I've been trying to get you on for a while. Um, glad you can come on tonight. I've been at some of your races. Um, yeah. I haven't been able to meet you, unfortunately, yet, but hopefully that will change soon. But yeah, uh, we'll I just also want to say, yeah, I'd love to go to Port I, I, Well, I, I do go to Port Royal. Um, and I, and before, uh, you know, before I, I let you go here, we let you go. I just want to say congratulations on winning the uh, 2021 Young Gun Award from the EMPA. Very well deserved. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate that. That was a very cool award that uh, there's a lot of big names on that list, so it's pretty cool to be a part of it. Hey, Briggs, Rod, tell, everybody where, else? Yeah, uh, tell everybody where they can follow you. If you uh, want to talk just a second about your sponsor. Yeah, uh, well, the, the same sponsors that I mentioned, uh, East Snyder & Sons, Leland's.com, Hefner Racing Enterprises, Wingstop, okay. Kruger Trailers, Frozen Farmer, Champion Lubricants. And then uh, you can follow us on Facebook, uh, Briggs Danner Racing on Facebook, Briggs Danner 78 on Instagram and Twitter. Um, we always got 
Uh, we're always posting stuff on there to keep everybody up to date of how we're doing and where we're going. Uh, so anybody that wants to watch can come out and see us. Man, Briggs, I appreciate it. We are, we're open. You come back and uh, you enjoyed the show. And uh, Kyle's going to get a copy. We're going to send it over to you after it's over. And uh, good luck at Port Royal. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Briggs. At times yeah, like this, I think how lucky I am to be a NASCAR Winston Cup driver and how fortunate I am to have a great sponsor like Napa Auto Parts because Napa understands quality and value and the importance of having a friendly, knowledgeable staff. And it's at times like this, looking around at the empty grandstands and listening to the silence of pit road, that I realize I'm at the wrong track. The racing, the big one, the camping, it's all just bigger at Talladega. And with a doubleheader on Saturday, and the premiere of the next-gen cars on Sunday, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. NASCAR's biggest and baddest track is back. The Talladega NASCAR Weekend, April 23rd through the 24th. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. Kyle, it's the only track in NASCAR that still offers free camping, and all you got to have is a Sunday ticket. That's all you need to be able to get a campsite into three different locations. And I, I'm going to tell you how I tell everybody. Stay in free camping. Spend that money you would spend at another track for camping and go over to Big Bill's Garage, and, and you'll be with us, Kyle. You, you're gonna host, you'll have the host of the show in Pennsylvania, and I'll be at, live at Talladega at the uh, Big Bill's in the uh, fan zone there. Rowdy, we uh, we absolutely killed it tonight. Um, did a really good job with everything, and uh, can't great say enough. Uh, you know the efforts that we put toward the show and the site um, been really good lately. And uh, you're right, Rowdy. Uh, a lot of good stuff coming with Talladega. Um, I know that's a big one for you. You know, trying to get back there, and you know we got the the Arkham Menard series, and also the NASCAR Xfinity series on Saturday, April 23rd, and then the big one. The Geico 500 on uh, Sunday, April 24th. So um, I just also want to just say thanks to Eric Coddell tonight. Thanks to Briggs Danner. Both great interviews, and um, hopefully we can get them both back on the show soon. Uh, well, good luck to Briggs and also to Eric. But I'll see Eric at Talladega for the doubleheader, Kyle. That's going to be a great weekend. Uh, hopefully I'll, I'll snag Eric again, and we'll we'll get a an update on how he's doing in uh, qualifying and practice, Kyle. Another great thing that's going on. We get to see a little bit of practice and qualifying again. Well, Rowdy, just to, to update everybody, um, you know, truck qualifying and practice did get, unfortunately, it did get canceled today because of Mother Nature. They are still running the race tonight. Zane Smith, Kyle Bush on the front row. That's going to drop. The green flag is going to drop soon on that race. And then, uh, Rowdy, I have some news to tell you. Uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. qualified 30th for the Xfinity race. Um, only made it by 44 one-thousandths of a second. So it was kind of close uh, for the 88 guys and to have Dale Jr. back. So uh, he will be starting 30th in, tomorrow, in Friday night's Xfinity race. So a um, little bit of a scare there, but uh, Dale Jr. did get the car in the show. And 
Um, he'll it'll be it'll be interesting to see how he'll do uh, coming up through the through the front tomorrow night. Boy, he just made it in, didn't he, Kyle? Yeah, Rowdy, I'm surprised how close it was when I saw it. Uh, oh, and, and also another another tough week for Alpha Prime Racing. Uh, Ryan Ellis in the 45 car did not make the race. Um, you know, we're not singling anybody out. But, uh, you know, just a just really tough, tough time for that team right now. Um, with with cars and drivers, it's just a lot going on. But, uh, I, you know, it's good to see them when they do run up front, to see that 44 car, to see guys like Rajah Karuth and Howie DeSavino. Uh, he'll be he'll be making his Xfinity debut tomorrow night, so um, it's just good to see an up and coming team like that. You know, to see them, you know, have some success. You know, Sage Karam in the car at Atlanta and also at, at Circuit of the Americas. So, um, you know, is it, I know you and I have been talking about this rowdy, and not to get too off topic, but um, you know, the, the smaller teams. You know, like 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 somebody like Eric Caudell. Um, to see that those stories come out, you know, to see how these teams are doing because you know it's it's been tough every week. You know, now we have practice and qualifying back. Uh, now that these teams have to try and make the race, so um, it's been very exciting to watch. Um, interesting to watch. I know it has to be painstakingly nervous for the teams, but uh, it's been a uh, you know it's it's got my attention to have qualifying back at least in the Xfinity and the Truck Series. Um, you know, it's unfortunately, you know, with with circumstances with the truck series, three three drivers missed the race. But uh, but Rowdy, it's you know, it's good to have practice and qualifying back, like you said. Um, especially, you know, when we do go to Pocono here in a few months. Um, you know, it's going to be really important, especially with the new car. When we go to all these these tracks, you know, the first time this new car has seen these tracks, so kind of a toss up. Kind of just to see how everything's going to turn out. So, uh, yeah, really big weekend coming up at Talladega. I know you're excited for it. It's your home race. And, hey, you know, exactly, the Kyle. Menard Series back, and thank God Arca's back, right? Exactly. And and I get to go back to see. I have not – I've missed the last three, uh, two Arca races there, Kyle, because of what we went through. Uh, we're, we're, we've also got the big ones back on the boulevard, the biggest party. In, in the South, I'm gonna say, I'm, I'm just gonna lay it out there. It's the biggest party in NASCAR, and I don't care. I'll go, if you don't, if you want to argue the fact, tell me what track puts on a bigger party on the boulevard and infield and outside, and I'm, I want to go see it because Talladega, folks, ain't nothing but one racing experience, and you can take it from any anything you want is there on the good side. So we got the big one back on Friday night. Uh, you got kids VIP experience, Kyle. You got Big Bill's Garage. I'm telling you, that is absolutely worth every bit of it. If you want to get close to the top 22 teams, you'll be able to get as close as you can get without being on the team and without buying a hot pass. And hot pass is probably about $600 for a week, one race. So, Kyle... It's a great deal. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we're going to be giving uh, two pair of tickets away Monday night, so better be ready to to be able to call in and, and claim your tickets. Yeah, Kyle, as long as I'm not doing trivia, we're good. I know. You, I'm, I'm going to run them across you, and then we'll go from there, Kyle. Anything you got to I might talk have to about, come up Kyle? with some. I, I was going to say ahead. I have to come up with some Loy Allen Jr. questions. Yeah, exactly. 
So, Kyle, what you got for us then tonight, man? First off, like I said earlier, I want to just say thank you to Eric Caudell and Briggs Danner for coming on tonight. It is the truth. I have been trying to get Briggs Danner on the show for a while. Um, I have seen him at the same places as I've been, the Allentown Indoor Race, uh, you know, been at the dirt tracks, just trying to meet up with him. And hopefully, Rowdy, if I can make it happen, I would like to be at his race at Port Royal on Saturday. That would be nice. But, you know, uh, we'll see uh, what happens. We'll see how the weather's going to be. Cause right. Like I said, Port Royal is two days this weekend, uh, Saturday with the, uh, the open-wheel madness with the three divisions, and then Sunday with the Lucas Oil Dirt Late Models. Uh, hoping the weather cooperates um, as part of my closing, as my closing thoughts is that the weather cooperates. I'm tired of this rain. Uh, I know I'm, I'm from the Northeast and I live in Pennsylvania, but the winters are harsh and brutal, but a lot of rain doesn't help either, especially when you're trying to race, so... Uh, hopefully we can get the weather to cooperate. Hopefully Mahoning can go on as scheduled this weekend, even if it is run on Sunday. Unfortunately, I don't think Big Diamond looks good for tomorrow night, for Friday night. Uh, I know we got to get Kenny Bruce back on at some point to talk about Big Diamond as well. So um, hopefully they can get their show in tomorrow night. Uh, if not, they'll just have to reschedule till next week. So, uh, Rowdy, great show tonight. Um, a lot of great stuff. And that's just, you know, we, 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 we hit it out. We hit another home run tonight. Um, that's how I feel, and uh, did a really good job with the guests. And uh, you know, it's good that you and I collaborate, that we can do this, and do the show every Monday and Thursday night, and uh, get some uh, some quality guests on. So definitely good for that for us. And uh, hopefully, like I said, you follow us on all the pages: the TikTok, YouTube, the website, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. Follow us, subscribe, like Rowdy says. And uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully we got to the racetrack this week, and I, I would absolutely love to get out to Port Royal. So hopefully, hopefully we'll make it happen. If not, we'll we'll see. We'll see what we can do. So Kyle, we got uh, a little pre-race for Martinsville with Zach, don't we, Zach Smith? I want to go ahead and play it, and then I'm gonna close it out. Okay. Okay, Rowdy. All right, man. And hey, everybody, we got truck race lot coming up. And stay tuned and hang on and buckle in. And we'll be back Monday night. All right. We'll get started here with our guest today, Zane Smith, driver of the number 38 F-150 for Front Row Motorsports. Only driver in the series to win two races in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. And as we go to Martinsville this weekend, the last time we were there, you won there too. So um, if you've got a question for Zane, raise your hand. And uh, we've got Zane for 15, 20 minutes here until we exhaust all of our questions. So. Uh, why don't we kick it off with Rob Tiongson. Rob, why don't you get us started? Thanks, Brandon. Good to have you here, Zane. You are talking beforehand how much you really love Martinsville. So my first question is, what is it about Martinsville that suits your driving style? Is it kind of like a rhythm track or just kind of a track that just comes to you as the race goes on? Yeah, I mean, both, really. I feel like Martinsville is probably, if not, uh, the biggest rhythm track that we go to. And and I feel like ever since I was a little kid on, on short tracks, and that's really at the end of the day what it is, uh, they just suited me. And I, I really enjoy going to those places. The racing is always hectic, <laughs> um, but it, it's always a, um, a thriller of a finish. And, and, um, and fortunately, I, I've been on the good side of those recently. And so hopefully we can continue that wave. 
For sure. My last question is, you know, you got those two wins that Dan mentioned at the top of our press conference here. But how confident do you feel about your championship chances in doing so as a relatively new Ford racing driver? Yeah, I mean, it's so early to to talk about championship stuff just because of the, the format that we go through. And, uh, I mean, you've seen guys that, that dominate the regular season, and then when the playoffs come around, they uh, struggle to have things go their way. So I'm trying not to get caught up in the too high of, of highs and, and just trying to uh, enjoy the amount of fun we're having each and every weekend so far and um yeah going back to to Ford and, and being underneath that banner now has been awesome um the simulation tools and and really everyone that I've gotten to meet over only the the past few weeks or a couple months now I guess uh have been awesome to to lean on and, and work with so um the simulator time is still extremely valuable even in the normal world and now we're kind of coming out of the COVID world and um, <clears throat> but we're only getting I think it's typically either 30 minutes or an hour of practice so uh, if you don't have that you really lean on your simulation tools and, and they give us that so a huge thank you to them and um, we'll continue to keep getting those blue ovals in victory lane. For sure. Well, thanks so much, Zane. Best of luck this weekend. Thank you. All right, from Rob, we'll go to Bob. Bob Pockers, go ahead. Yeah, Zane, what does, <clears throat> what does having two wins at this point in the season do for you, just as far as either how you, you approach or how the team can approach uh, races and strategy? Yeah, I mean, I wish we had a, a few more stage wins and a little bit I don't know, just more stage points in general, I feel like, and we'd really be able to approach these races a lot differently, but being locked in and um, I think having more wins than anyone so far this year um, has been awesome. It it not only boosts my confidence, but really my whole team. And um, I don't know, it's just uh, a lot of fun we're having, like I said, each and every week. And and so we're just trying to enjoy that. And uh, I don't know, I, I feel like I stole a clock from this team last year. So hopefully to get them one this year. And, you know, the, there's obviously the bonus points at the end of the year. So, you know, you have two wins, but you're, you're, you're fourth in points, 31 behind Chandler. So is, is that kind of the next thing you're going to, I mean, I don't know if you look at it, this early in the year or not, but is it something that you guys definitely be kind of aware of considering your points position? Yeah. I mean, I've always wanted to win that in general uh, for my get-go in the, in the truck series. So it's definitely something on our mind. Um, I mean, we've already taken our, our hit to the gut at, uh, at Vegas. And so, I mean, in our minds and many others, we're still looking at that finish as or in our year as a first, a second, a fifth, and a first. And um, I don't know, I guess technically it, it's not there. And so I feel like that's where that points buffer has hit us. But um, I don't know, I, I feel like to still be fourth with that this early in the season is really says something about our team. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously Coda was a, a great point today. We maxed out on that. and. Um, I don't know. I mean, if, 
if we're in contention to win that regular season championship and collect those extra points, it's going to be awesome. But um, myself and my team, we're just chasing wins and trophies right now and having fun in the process. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Uh, Nathan Solomon, you're up. Go ahead. Thank you, Hazen. And when you come to a place like Martinsville, obviously a, a place known for a, a lot of chaos, you know, beating and bagging, how do you manage all that chaos? Yeah, uh, I don't know how it'll be this year. I mean, Martinsville is always crazy, but I feel like we've seen the past few years it's been the transfer race to get to the Final Four. So uh, I feel like that really made the aggression level really high there at times. And um, going back and watching films the night race in 2020, it, it was ugly how aggressive it got. And so... Uh, and that was my first time ever at Martinsville. So I was uh, a little gun shy, but um, I was in the must win situation last year and we pulled it off. And I just feel like that place has been good to me. It, it fits me. And um, I don't know. I, I always look forward to uh, Martinsville week. And looking forward to a few weeks, Bristol Dirt is, is up after Martinsville. Uh, how, how do you approach that and, and do that going back there for a second time? Yeah, I don't know what to expect for Bristol Dirt. I don't really think anyone has a clear answer for that. But um, I, I know Bristol uh, Dirt last year in the very beginning was some of the most fun I've ever had in a truck. And then at the very end, I didn't have quite that much fun uh, just from the theme concept of things. But um, I don't know. I, I've heard that they're – they're trying to work out those bugs and um, and make it a good show for us. So I feel like we're all kind of in the same boat there, and I love that. Thank you. Brendan Carroll. Hey, Brendan, go ahead. Okay, Zane. So um, what was it like going from uh, a five-truck team down to basically a one-truck team? I know you guys still have an alliance with uh, DGR Crowsley uh, and those guys over there, but uh, – what, what was that transition like for you? Yeah, it, it was definitely really different at first just because uh, I've been so used to, to really only seeing trucks and truck parts and pieces floating around the shop. And now it's uh, definitely in a smaller building and we're surrounded by cup cars. And uh, obviously the, the whole cup world is crazy right now with getting cars. And so it's been crazy to see the shops slowly but surely fill up with the new cars, but uh, it's been really cool, honestly, to see not only all of FRM, but especially a group of the fab shop because they're not as busy anymore, and and uh, the cup guys on their off days will give a helping hand to the truck team, and that's what winning and championship race teams do. They they look at themselves all as one and. And I feel like that's what front row is. And uh, when I went over there, I, I really tried to pay attention to the people. And I feel like that the team I have assembled on my 38 truck is as good as it gets. So um, just having a ton of fun with, with the group I'm with this year and um, look forward to the future. Thank you. Good luck this weekend. If you've got a question for Zane, go ahead and raise your hand. Um, Zane, I wanted to follow up on that because maybe we make too much of it, but every time a new driver goes to a different team, it's all about communication, right? And it's like, how long is it going to take before 
you really kind of mesh and gel. And obviously you guys have hit the ground running and everything is just kind of seemingly perfect. Yeah. I feel like um, <clears throat> once we, I feel like if you finish Daytona rolling, it's going to be a, a good year. And so uh, we finished Daytona winning. And so once that happened, it was kind of a different ball game of we got to focus forward on, on the next steps, already being locked into the playoffs and um, just getting to go have fun and, and chase trophies. I know that word keeps coming up of having fun, but I mean, really that's just simplifying it of, of what we're doing and um, it's been working. Vince Welch, good to have you on the call. Go ahead, Vince. Thanks a lot. Hey, Zane. Um, short tracks always seem to bring up uh, the possibility of moving a driver at the end of a race. Um, what's your take on that? What do you see if you're running second? What yeah, well, gives you the confidence of doing it, What if you could use air quotes, the right way? Um, how do you feel if you're the person leading knowing that you're probably going to get moved and what do you consider to be clean getting moved in a clean manner versus getting moved in a not so clean manner how do you balance all of that yeah i mean i feel like each and every single one of us have known what moving someone the right way versus wrecking somebody is i feel like we've known that since we're 12 years old at our first short track or, or something like that and so um, I don't know. A few of us are pretty good at measuring that out, and then some are absolutely awful at, at measuring that out. And so um, the guys that are awful, obviously, it's in our head that, that we're going to treat you how we're treated and, um, and vice versa, the, the guys that do it the right way. And so um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's however you want to race me is how I look at it. And um, I'll typically do it it two times worse back to you that's how I've always gone about it uh, on a short track um, if you're leading do you expect that at the end and if you're running second are you looking for that opportunity uh, to do that knowing how valuable wins are um, in this format yeah I mean it's like I was saying earlier it's a little bit different Martinsville now since we're still early in the year and you don't really want to make enemies. And, um, this isn't now the, the final transfer race to get to the final four. So um, I don't know. I probably will say that and it'll be 10 times worse, but um, I, I feel like everyone should try to initially pass the guy in front of them. And, um, and if you can't get it done, then, and yeah, I, I don't see anything wrong with um, just the classic short track bump and run, but there's a difference between a bump and run and a dump and run. So um, yeah, hopefully we could stay smart with that. Thanks, Zane. Thank you, Dan, for uh, doing this. You're welcome, Vince. Thanks. Uh, let's go back to Rob. Rob, you got a follow-up? Yeah, I sure do. Sorry, just getting to my quiet spot. Zane, I know we've been talking about Martinsville a lot, but what would you describe to be the ideal Zane Smith racetrack if he had unlimited money? Um, I, I don't know. Um, personally, one of my favorite racetracks is Dover. I, I love that place so much, no matter what it's in. And 
Um, was super bummed out when the truck series quit going there, but um, hopefully in the near future, I could go grab another monster. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Ian. All right, Bob, back to you for follow-up. Yeah, <clears throat> it dawned on me when you were talking earlier that, you know, this is the, this will be the first spring race at Martinsville in three years, and there's no fall race at Martinsville to follow it for the first time. So how much do you think does that change the dynamic of this race with it being early in the season? And, and I don't know, um, I don't know whether you even – no, but like, do you feel like it, it changes the teams' approach to when they approached it a few years ago, knowing they were coming back in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I see what NASCAR is trying to do, though, putting it still right after a road course where we all get into each other. So we all go into it pissed off. But um, I don't know. I feel like the past couple of years, it's just you spend all year, and the guys that haven't won are extremely aggressive the guys that are all saying a must win are extremely aggressive and then there's just the normal guys that are always aggressive and so um i feel like you could possibly see a like a three car or so or three truck breakaway and maybe in this one and and those guys duke it out i just i don't see it being such a, a caution fest as it's been in the past couple of years but um, like I said, now that I say that, I'll probably be proved wrong, but um, I would, you would think that it wouldn't be as aggressive, but um, I don't know. I'll, I'll race however it is. Thank you. Oh, that, that was Zane Smith. He's uh, right now he's probably sitting in the truck waiting on green flag. Are they in the trucks yet, Kyle? Yes, Rowdy. Uh, Zane Smith is leading right now. So good to have him on the NASCAR uh, teleconference this week. Uh, good to have him doing that. And, uh, you know, he's coming off two wins. You know, when you were there when he won at Daytona and then the the fourth, the first win at COTA. So just uh, been really doing a good job lately. And, you know, in that 38 truck, too, it really surprised me. Um, I thought maybe they'd have some early struggles, but, man, they've been right out of the box with that team. And, and don't be shocked if they end up winning this race tonight. You know, Zane Smith did win the last truck race at Martinsville, and, you know, he said in that interview that he, they, he basically stole a grandfather clock for the same team he's driving for now. So, uh, you know, so maybe he'll be able to replicate that tonight. And starting on the pole, uh, I know he has a tough customer in Kyle Busch tonight. And, uh, you know, in the rest of the truck series field. So should be a good race rowdy, you know, under the lights. Good they got the racing in. Good to see Xfinity cars practicing and qualifying today. It's just good to have on track activity, especially for a Thursday as well. Yeah, Kyle. Uh a Thursday night racing that, that's that's always a good thing. But Kyle, the double I reckon you can buy let's, – let's roll back into Talladega before we get out of here, Kyle. Uh, they've got a package for two days, and they start – you can get a, pack, a two-day package to go to the doubleheader on Saturday and then the cup race on Sunday, and that starts at $60, Kyle. That's, not, that's a pretty good value right there. 
It's not bad, Rowdy. Um, you know, anytime, you know, Talladega, especially that weekend with three races um, going on, uh, it's just a lot. Um, you know, see the Arkham Menard Series return along with the Xfinity Series and the, and the, uh, the new gen car with the Cup Series. Uh, hopefully it'll make for an entertaining race. And I just want to say one thing about the new car, and I, and I think we, we saw this at Daytona. The closing rates of the cars are crazy. Uh, how one car comes up on another car, like especially when there's a draft. Um, we saw it in the in the, in the, uh, the dual race with Joey Logano and Chris Buescher when Joey tried to block Chris and didn't work out too well. But uh, I'm interested to see, you know, are we going to see some most of the same stuff when we go to Talladega here in a few weeks? Uh, Kyle, I can't wait. It's going to be one spectacular show. That that car's been putting on a good show. It was a good race at Daytona, and I expect a good race. It's going to be a it's gonna be that's gonna be a, a spectacular race. I'm gonna go on and call it a spectacular race weekend, Kyle. It should be rowdy, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully the weather's good there. Hopefully, you don't get that bad poking the weather like we get. Yeah, we're gonna be all right. We ain't gonna talk about that. All right, guys. Hey, I want to thank Eric Cordell for calling in. Uh, what about Biggs, man? You've you've been after him. You finally we finally bagged him, uh, and I feel the same way with uh, have, having Eric back on. And uh, Kyle, that's one reason we do what we do is because of the great guests we have. Like I said, Rowdy, we've been knocking it out of the park. Um, thankful we get to see a race tonight and uh, three night races on hand for the. Uh, NASCAR's top three series, so hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll see good, three good races this weekend. All right, Kyle. Hey, until Monday night, guys. Keep that light shining. Looking forward to it. Kyle, hope you get to make it to Port Royal, man. Thanks, Roddy. So do I. Y'all taste. Stay tuned. Monday night, we're gonna give away two pairs of tickets for the great, great Talladega race weekend. Hit that subscribe and follow button. Can't find out you can win free tickets if you don't listen, can you, Kyle? Pay attention. The site looks really good. You might want to check it out. Kyle, appreciate it, man.